0: Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up the block. At the five. At the two. At the one. To the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Stafford. Drink it in now. Get up. Stafford throws. It is end zone. Oh baby, what a catch! Kenny got a You're a freak. What a catch! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread. I love the Lions. Say it with me. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. It is a Friday. We had quite the show on Wednesday. Me and Grifka talked about all types of things to get us going. Back half of the show, we had Logan Lamarrandier from Sports Illustrated. All Lions on here. We we put him in the middle of me and Grifka, and I just went off the rails. I had a bunch of fun with sound bites. Grifka was negative, as you could imagine. I was overly positive, as you can imagine. It was a loss, a devastating loss for our Detroit Lions to the Chicago Bears. I went off the rails at the end because I I couldn't be positive anymore. It's a loss. It was a tough loss. It was a heartbreaker. One of the top, gosh, I'm putting in the top five, top eight again, uh, most heartbreaking losses since I've been a fan. But uh, all that is behind us. We're on to the Packers, as they often say. We're on to the next game. We're putting in putting it to bed. We're here on a Friday. Grifka, I'm not even going to call you that word that begins with a W ends with Maka in the middle. It says waffle. I'm just going to call you the one and only Grifka today on a Friday. I'm sure you have a couple things you need to say to the people off the top. And then we got to talk about the Cheddarheads, the mozzarella sticks, the uh, just pieces of garbage that uh, think they're the top of the NFC North. And that's the Green Bay Packers. So we'll do all that today on the show and we'll have a lot of fun like we always do. Grifka, Mr. Grifka. How are you today?
1: Well, it's been been a long it week, but uh, doing matter. good. Doing
0: good. <laughs> oh, man. I'm about to hit you with it. doesn't matter how you're doing, but I, I'll let you slide. <laughs> you, you're, you're doing good. Doing good. Double bells. What else you got?
1: Oh man, it's going to be another nice weekend. It's going to be a great weekend to stay in and watch football. It's going to be a tough game this weekend, but still, it's going to be uh, actually in the sixties, so it's starting to get that fall weather that we're all loving so much this week. Instead of it was nachos last week, I think I'm going to you know cook up some chili in the crock pot for this one, the first cool weather game. So looking forward to that as well. Uh, once again, T A G I F. Thank God it's Friday. <laughs>
0: Grifka, like, I don't care what you make for food. Somebody put on Twitter, you know what I'm eating on Sunday? A, a w. and had the old Jameis Winston video. Like, we need a W badly. We need a bounce-back football game. We need to just take care of that smug, smarmy piece of garbage with a number 12 on his back for the cheddar and green. And that's your boy. Aaron Rogers. So Griffco, I'm sure you have something. I mean, you do it every week to me. I try to just have fun on this show. I obviously beat you up cause that's fun for me and the people enjoy it. We try to talk lions. You know, we try to serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid drink it in. Man. Like, is this finally a week where you don't have something to frustrate me? Make me blow a gasket. Maybe go on a rant. I mean, are we just going to get to football or what do you have up your sleeve here on a, on a Friday end of the week? You said it's TGIF, but I mean, I don't know if it's TGIF for me most weeks with you here. What, what do we got? We got to talk Lions. What's going on?
1: Well, you know, it's Friday and I don't want to break tradition. So oh, I heard boy, earlier we this week, you know, we're going to be the referee at the game this Sunday. Did you, did you happen to see that?
0: Grifka, are, are you really about to ask this question right now? Is this a real question? Really?
1: Yeah, because I figured it was the, the temperature was a little cooler outside, so it might take you a little longer to get a little hotter mm. than the collar. So, you know, if you know, please inform the people.
0: Grifka, before I say his name, I mean, last year, Monday Night Football, and you every Friday, both of those things, just, they do this?
1: It drives me freaking bonkers.
0: <laughs> Grifka, you're about to ask me if I'm okay with clique cleat whatever your name is blakeman the guy that called what Two hands to the face. He stood up there and said that, Oh well, you know, that's um that's the one I saw, you know, I'm you know all this I mean, this guy he might as well work I bet he's a shareholder for the Green Bay Packers. We get screwed on Monday night football. Me and you are in the stadium. I'm like just like on this show, I had to write you off by about halftime because you went into Eeyore mode on me. Then the Lions are just whooping up on the Green Bay Packers. I don't know, kinda like that game that we just put behind us last Sunday and then the zebras come into play good old cleat decides to take the game into his hands and make what two three four five six bad calls whatever it ended up being cost us the football game we leave the stadium you're glad shaking hands kissing babies oh what a tremendous game that was Oakreel. wasn't that just fun time yeah, because that wasn't a fun time. That was one of the worst football games I've ever been to in regards to outcome on the field. Was our tailgate amazing? Yes. Were the guys that we hung out with great? Yes. Did the Lions play a good football game for, I don't know, probably four and a half, three and a half quarters? Of course they did. But those, those calls, that BS that happened in Green Bay was just absolute garbage. And now this same ref... Hmm, is a sign by the NFL. Imagine that. Detroit Lions fans, one pride. All the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers are are ready to go into Green Bay and lay the smack down on these guys Uh, again. Only get the W this time. And they send this guy back there again. I mean, are you serious? You're going to give us the same ref that took the game from us under the lights on Monday Night Football? Are you serious? I know the trophy is named after your coach. I know that you want them to be one of the storied great teams in football. How many Super Bowls they got? Uh, Not too many recently. They're kind of like the Dallas Cowboys in that regime. Yet, you're going to give them the same knucklehead ref. I mean, what's worse? The only thing worse is probably getting Jerome Boger, who's a complete waste of space, too. That piece of crap. Like, I couldn't believe it when I saw this. Grifka, you're lucky we're not there this year because this guy's going to make at least three calls that are going to be completely bogus and probably cost us the football game. I mean, how this is even acceptable on any level for the NFL, you, any fans, I mean, Twitter's blowing up about this guy being the ref. He better give us at least three to four calls where there's going to be problems. I mean, I'm going to take a breath now, but I can't believe you asked me about that. I can't believe the NFL did that. And I can't believe this this stevie wonder uh in a zebra shirt is going to be at the game lions packers again on sunday you got to be kidding me that that can't that can't be real
1: yep that's just the way the nfl plays the detroit lions uh they know one of the most heartbreaking losses we'll might as well bring the same guy back to uh, see him get some more hands to the face cuz you know david him he's going to be like uh hey, Ruff, this guy's putting hands on my face mask, so I'm going to play actor and do my best, you know, Robert De Niro impersonation and act like my face mask is getting pushed around so we get two fake calls. You know, if I was Trey Flowers, the first thing I would do, first play I'm up against him, I'd punch that guy in the throat and then just grab his face mask and, fine, give me the 15 yards. There there you go, dude. There you go. Hold, There's your hands to the face. Take the 15-yard penalty. It's fine. It'd be worth it just to see that crap. So,
0: hold on. Anyways. Griffka, you, you were doing well there for a moment, but I mean yeah, oh, Do I have to do I have to coach you up every show? I mean, I feel like we built a fun show here. I feel like we've built a, a Grifka fan base that likes the likes the lines, which I've established as funny, even although most of them maybe are not that funny. But the least you could do. <laughs> the least you could do is go to your gimmick lines when they're appropriate. So for you to actually say, to set it up, I'm sitting here, uh, you know, on the uh, the podcast here going, oh, this is going to be perfect. Griffka's setting up a line. It's perfect for the situation. Yet then you just go, you take a sharp left and you totally <laughs> miss it. I mean, the sport we shall not speak of, swing and a miss by Griffka. <laughs> like you literally said he's going to go up against Bacchiotomy, which you used that phrase a couple of times. So, you know, that's good for him. Yeah, Exactly. But then you, you actually said punch him in the face and you don't follow that up with the tried and true <laughs> Grifkaism. It's It's got to be top five on the Grifka lines here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Grifka, rewind that tape and, and do that again and do it right, please, for the people.
1: <laughs> OK, so um, I wish I could start but let's do this. Uh, yeah. So if I'm Trey Flowers going up against David Bakiatomy. You know, the first thing I'm going to do very first play, I don't care. It's worth it. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to punch the guy in the face, take his candy, then grab his face mask and say, there, there's your there's your hands to the face call. You know, there it is. Take 15 yards, whatever. You know, <laughs> it'd be well worth it just for that one play. Just so that fool who's like doing his best acting, then like, you know, laughed it off after the game. There you go, buddy. There, you actually got your hands to the face there Not
0: now grifka, didn't that feel so much better i mean you, you know the people enjoyed that they've been waiting on it for you to set it up and miss it but then come back strong i think was uh, was was much needed here on the show on a friday
1: okay. next thing for you since we got that <laughs> out of the See you later, Cleet blakeman i don't want to talk about you ever again um
0: grifka what, now, what earlier what, this week what might you do to Cleet blakeman on a certain halloween uh October holiday for what he did to us last year on Monday Night Football. What what might you do to him?
1: I mean, Cleet Bakeman's pretty old, so I highly doubt he's out getting candy. So I would have to punch him in the face and take, like, his Metamucil and Geritol and Ben Gay and pennies. Because heaven knows he probably collects pennies. He's one of those guys that hands out pennies. He doesn't even hand out king-size candy bars.
0: You know, like, Cleet, you know Cleet Blakeman's that guy that hands out the 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 mar- big orange marshmallow shaped like a peanut on Halloween and a little twist off twist off <laughs> bag with a side of candy corn. You know he's that guy. Yeah, aye, aye, aye.
1: Yeah, it's cute and cheeky. Yeah, thanks, Cleek. Oh, um, I got Michael's
0: I right got one trash. I got one more thing for Cleek Blakeman. Hold on, wait for it, people, wait for it. Kind of sounds like Grifka at training camp with Taylor Decker. Hey, Cleek Blakeman, we'll see you on Sunday, buddy. Wait for it knockout chat. <laughs> all right. What else we got? Is.
1: Okay. Quick question for you. I want to know how you took this. Um, you know, obviously NFL fans, you know, I don't want to bring up the bears game again. They were lions fans were being a little hard on Deandre Swift for dropping that pass. A lot of blame, you know, all that stuff. And then, then I don't know why this guy went on Twitter, you know, like snacks, Harrison chimed in saying, you know, like pretty much telling Lions fans to calm down. It's a long season. You're going to need this guy later. Stop ripping on him. And all I can think to myself is like, snacks you quit on this team dude why are you chiming in you know so uh did you happen to see that and what'd you think about that
0: i mean we're talking about punch people in the face taking their candy i mean taking their snacks i mean th- this guy's got nothing else to do i mean of course he's gonna be on twitter i mean i nobody picked him up he's just sitting there probably chumming down on some some cheetos and some 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 paydays and whatever else he's got in the old uh, halloween sack from 2019 i mean gosh like I love how you tee it up. Like all lions fans are beating up Deandre Swift. Don't, don't act like you didn't come on here on Wednesday and bring up a bunch of negatives about Swift. And don't tell me you didn't break your coffee table when he dropped that pass. Cause I had already done a lap around the house thinking it was a touchdown. Then I came back, to see it was incomplete and, and almost, uh, you know, I Gronk spiked my hat and ripped my Jersey off. Like I had just, uh, you know, they, uh, like they didn't let Rudy play on a Saturday is basically uh, laid that thing down on the ground. Just so, so frustrated, but I mean, DeAndre Swift and what snacks had to say. I mean, of course snacks says the right thing. I mean, if he was here, you know, did he, did he end the way he should have? Does he, did, would he have done the right thing? I mean, it's easy to type it out in 140 plus characters or whatever, but yeah, I'm with, I'm with, you know, the, the small group, actually not even a small group. There was that great picture that came out about um Matt Patricia with his arm around, you know, Deandre Swift. And I just put it out there with a simple hashtag one pride and like four or 500 people gave it a like bunch of retweets. Yet, of course, there was the negative people. Oh, he's uh, ruined his career. Oh, don't worry. I'm a worse coach. You know, all these, these garbage comments I saw too. But I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know if it's 50-50, but I feel like there's always going to be those negative haters out there like you sometimes on the show. But, you know, I was upset he dropped the pass. I, I, It was one of the easier catches you'll ever make. The only problem, he, I don't know why he sort of tried to tuck it away. All you had to do was catch it up by your eyeballs, turn around, and the ball game's over. But my take was, I mean, DeAndre Swift's a hell of a football player. Like this was his first game. This was a big situation. I wish he wouldn't have dropped it, but I'm not gonna write off his career. I'm not gonna act like, oh my gosh, this guy's a, just a uh, got a set of Crisco butter sticks, you know, uh, attached to his to his wrist because that's not the case. I mean, it's one play. I know you like to make all these proclamations that all that matters is wins and losses or, Oh, Hey, your you're suspect until you do something, all these taglines you have. And it's like, DeAndre Swift's proven himself as a pass catcher, as a good football player, as a talented dynamic, you know, running back slash pass catching running back. So, I just chalked it up of huge disappointment, wish you would have caught it, you should have caught it, there's really no excuse, but I'm not chalking this guy up as a bust, or a guy that can't catch, or a, a guy that should just be held to the stake, I mean, it's the first game of the year, I mean... I wanted the W, but I'm not going to go crazy over it. It was just very disappointing. And I think most fans have that opinion, except for the people that just want to find things to rag on the lions for and say, that's so lions. Oh, he's lionized already. Oh, he never dropped a pass in college. yet he drops the only important pass he had so far in the NFL. Get out of here with that, man. That's ridiculous. Okay.
1: So, uh, but you're okay with like snacks putting that out there? You didn't like say want to say to yourself, you know, shut up snacks, you quit on this team like by game two, and then you just hit the buffet table at the Golden Corral. You know, it's kinda of I, I don't mean, know. I saw his I, point, but I
0: know, think I gave it a snack, like because it up,
1: was you quit on the team. Yeah.
0: You know, well, I think you I gave Snacks thing a like just because it, it was one of the you know, it's a level headed response about what it really was. I mean, it, you can consider the source, as you would say, sometimes, but it's like Hey, anybody that came back with, hey, Swift's gonna be a good player, or hey, keep your head up, or hey, we got your back, or you know, it's one play, you know, you you'll be fine. You know, those were all the responses that seemed much more measured and much more appropriate than the few that I saw which were just like, Oh, he's done, he can't you know, what one guy got in a half argument with me saying like you know, that that was Jamal Agnew's play. And I'm like, Jamal Agnew did nothing on offense. He's like, but, but he'd always make that play. I'm like, he didn't make any plays ever on offense, ever, as a Lion yet, other than kicks. He's like, oh, yeah, I guarantee you, he would have been better than Swift. I'm like, well, I just don't see where you're even coming from because... He,
1: he was targeted he, one time in the game. Okay. I see. Right. I'm totally with you on that. Like he's never, he's never played dead. the he position. one
0: time. That game. Yeah, He's never even played the position. This guy's like, Oh, I knew, I knew Agnew could have handled that situation, but Swift, Oh, it was too big for him. It's like, well, not really. Cause Deandre Swift's been doing this his whole basically football career. And yeah, he had one horrible drop in a big moment. Like, I, I don't know how you think Agnew or basically any player, You could have just penciled it in A they would have been fine. Just one of those situations. I mean, I don't know what to tell you other than we all need to not only move past it. But if he goes and drops 10 more footballs and, and they're all game winners and they're all lack of concentration or he doesn't learn from it, then we have a huge issue. But if he comes out and balls out and catches a lot of balls and is a dynamic player for the Lions, then this is just One of those things that happens, people, and I would think people are smart enough to realize that, but there's definitely some out there that think that this is going to define the guy for the next eight to ten years that he plays football, and that's just a bunch of garbage.
1: So I agree with your take there, Derek. Let's do this. Let's uh, pay some bills, go to the pay window, and uh, come back and uh, break down this uh, Packers game.
0: Griff, do I got to tell Benny Blades you're stealing his lines just like Logan stole your lines on Wednesday? Do I got to let him know?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to be the hamburger here and uh, take other things that aren't mine.
0: You you think it's bad when Taylor Decker absolutely slams you or does this to you? Wait until Benny Blades catch wins of this. He's going to light you up when you come across the middle one of these days. Better keep your head on a swivel, Waffle Maker.
1: Oh uh, no, man! I think he likes me a little more than he likes you. At least I knew who Uncle Luke was. So,
0: uh. <laughs> okay, yeah, one, you had one good take. I mean, I, I'm getting a little fed oh, up with good. Benny here on the Believe in Lion show, just like I do you. We having a lot of fun on there and and uh, getting after him a little bit, but uh, I think Benny Blades could take you pretty handily there, Grifka. So don't make him yeah, mad. I know but he yeah, could. <laughs> we uh we definitely got to go to the pay window. And uh, we'll be right back after this talking, gosh, we got to talk about Lions at Packers. We'll do it right after the break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall guy. what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy.
1: Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right
0: now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG 13. Detroit Kool Aid drinkers, back from the break. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for coming along with us, supporting us, um, laughing along with us. You know, enjoying our different opinions here on the Detroit lions and having some fun, please uh, hit that subscribe button. You can find us on any podcast platform. As I mentioned before the break, uh, my other podcast, believe BLEAV and lions featuring starring Benny blades drops on Thursday mornings as well. I'm sure Benny will have some thoughts about this uh, debacle, just crazy loss that happened that we shall not speak of at this point. Grifka, Please don't tell me that you're going to just go on and on about how much you love Aaron Rodgers and how, like, the Packers are so great. And, you know, please don't tell me that's going to happen.
1: No, I'm not going to do that. But uh, once again, (laughs) a big game coming up here. We're going to have to break this down. Uh, Last week uh, against the Bears, um, you had some pinpoints what the lines would need to do to come up with a victory. Um, I'm sure you jotted down a few things here. What, uh, what, the, what are a couple things that the lines need to do? The defensive backfield is a little banged up. We saw Justin Coleman went on, um, IR this week. So that's going to hurt them. Um, what are some of the things that the lines can do to, uh, maybe get a little more pressure on Aaron Rodgers, make it a little more difficult for him. He went up to Minnesota, you know, put up a 40 burger on supposedly the best defense in the division in their house. So, uh, it's going to be a tough one. What do, you, what do you think the Lions are going to
0: do here? Code, before I get to your question, I, I, I want to ask you a question, as I often do here on the show. And just so we have this straight, I mean, if you had one word I'm giving you I'm having some fun with you that you love Aaron Rodgers. We all know that's not the case. You're, you're good for an Aaron Rodgers rant, which would be probably appropriate at some point during the show. But if you had one word, I don't know, maybe starts with an S maybe ends with something you drink coffee out of. What's, what's something that you would deem Aaron Rodgers as a human being, a football player, a a person in general.
1: That guy's got to be one of the most smug people I know. I just want to hit him with a sock full of pennies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Perfect. That's what I was looking for. So, yeah, absolutely. Smug. This whole team. I mean, they think they're riding high because they had a joke thirteen and three record last year. I mean, they got the referee in their back pocket again, two years in a row. As we head up there to uh, good old Lambeau Field with no no mozzarella heads, no gorgonzolas, no um, no Swiss, you know, in the stands. And, and you're asking me, what do we got to do? I mean, Grifka, I'm not here to be negative on the show. I leave that up to you most weeks, but. One thing I will say is watching the Detroit Lions game one, week one, I I felt like there was – not only was there no pressure again, it's – sometimes I say like things happen to the Lions or I see things in Lions games that I see nowhere else in football, college, pro, anywhere. The thing I don't see anywhere else – is just defensive linemen just getting locked up on the line. Like they are just Velcroed to the offensive linemen for five, six, seven, eight, nine seconds at a time. I mean, it's unbelievable. I saw no pressure again. And if they go do that and just let Aaron Rodgers stand back there, it's going to be very hard to watch. So they have to get that fixed. I I'm pretty sure you probably saw Monday night football, Griffka, the Pittsburgh Steelers against the New York giants. I felt like, Every play, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers were blowing up the uh, the quarterback. They were sending blitzes from all directions. All their defensive ends were getting home on almost every play. I mean, it was just a stark contrast from the Detroit Lions. So not only did the Lions have to somehow manufacture pressure, they have no corners. I mean, unless Jeff Okudik is healthy and he plays the game of his life, I don't know how we're going to cover either. So I've just deemed this as a shootout, man. I've deemed it as a, who's going to score more points. Who's going to last the longest in this game. And I think both scoreboards are going to get lit up. And I'm just putting my faith in that the lions can score one more point than the green Bay Packers in Lambeau. And that's by unleashing Stafford, hopefully getting Kenny Galladay back featuring DeAndre Swift so not only can we put that to bed but everybody can see how dynamic this guy is not babying him and giving him you know eight touches a game or whatever he got that first game where he's just out there and they're not being utilized he was a high second round pick and then this defense I mean gosh I don't even know like it's only week two and I feel like we're not only ravaged by injuries but What are they going to do that's going to not only surprise the opponent, but get me out of my chair where I'm like, oh, yeah, there we go. I mean, they held Trubisky down for a bit, but then they look like uh, just absolute Swiss again. Speaking of Green Bay Packers, we're the ones that look like Swiss. I mean, we're out there just getting sliced and diced like a big old block of cheese. I mean, that can't happen this Sunday. And I don't know. It's just Lions got to score points, points and more points, and they have to – Try to make Aaron Rodgers make that one mistake or find a way to pressure. Can I get a legit sack? Can I get a legit, legit interception? Can you actually cause a fumble that we actually pick up and change the football field, uh, flip the field? That would be nice because if you don't do that, it's going to be another just awful defense. They need to get healthy and they need to create turnovers. I said it last week. I'm going to say it every week especially after weeks when they get no pressure, create no turnovers and get sliced up by very below, not that great NFL quarterbacks. Like I saw last week and now you're playing one of the smug, most smug, but also one of the best QBs in the game.
1: Yeah. I think they're going to have to, like you said, get some pressure on that, but they're, they're going to have to like stop the run as well. They're going to have to improve on the running, you know, on the run defense. Um, you mentioned on your Wednesday show, like the lines, you know, when bears pretty much had, you know, even yardage in the rush game and Aaron Jones up there, he, he did pretty good against the lines last year in a couple games. And, um, I still don't think the Packers offense lines all that great. You know, Packers got Rick Wagner. I think the lines can take advantage of him. We all know how he plays. So, uh, that's going to have to be something, the biggest thing, that the Lions are going to have to really slow down the run game and, like you said, get more pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, speaking about uh, defense, though, do you think the Lions offense, you know, Bevel is going to be able to come up with some scheme to, you know, you said light up the scoreboard. We all know the Packers got the Smith boys, and I think they're they're good for what the Packers do on that defense. I don't think they're that great. But uh, I still think they get a few calls because Aaron Green Bay. I think Daryl Bevel's is going to be able to come up with a scheme to really take that into account those two rush linebackers that can put pressure on on uh, Matt Stafford. and Be able to do, maybe do some short passes, more draw play, something like that.
0: Grif- Grifski, here, here's a hot take for you. So, so after the last game, and just in general, you know, you you hear all this fire, Matt Patricia. So you, you see a lot of stuff going on Twitter about you know, Eric B and all this stuff. Like I feel like Daryl Bevel is the best coordinator we've had in my time as a Detroit lions fan. I mean, I can't think of anybody that's been looked as smart and been as efficient for the most part as he's been, even when the team's not putting up, you know, 30 plus points. I feel like every week, not only does he have a plan, he's not afraid to pull out a trick play. He's also not afraid to um, put a put a wrinkle in, as well as just dial up some nice calls, nice formations, nice you know schemes, you know, from an offensive perspective. So, you know, I got total confidence in Daryl Bevel. I don't want Matt Patricia to to go anywhere. Uh, you know, I, I realize his record isn't uh, that great. I realize that he hasn't um, you know come up huge in these fourth quarters, but he's also not strapping up shoulder pads and a helmet. So. I mean, he needs to do some things better, but he also needs better execution. But what I I guess what I'm getting to with your offensive, you know, question is that I think Daryl Bevel is not only do I have full confidence in him, I think that he's been a huge bright spot since he's come here to Detroit. I think that at times, you know, it's warranted that people say he's getting a little bit, you know, conservative or whatever, but they're also forgetting about those times where he's coming out and running Flea Flicker's first play of the game in Lambeau Field under the bright lights of Monday Night Football and and pulling out uh, great great play calls right when we need him. So have the results been there? No. But I think Daryl Bevel will have some things dialed up. I think it's all going to come down to who's healthy and who's not. Like If, if we're rolling at receiver with Kenny, Marv, Danny, Cephas, who we saw had a, had some great plays uh, in his first game ever as a rookie and those running backs dialed up like I don't see why he's not going to be able to have a great offense again this year. You know, Stafford needs to clean up some things. But yeah, I think I think you're going to see some more screen game, you know, with DeAndre Swift. I think you'll see deep balls. You know, we didn't do many deep balls, mostly because Kenny was gone and. Um, you know, I think Matt Stafford said 80% of the game they just played too high safety, so there wasn't much to, to bomb it up over the top of that. So, yeah, I would expect some some differences, or it's a copycat league, so Green Bay will try to go do the same thing. Hey, we'll put too high back there and make you try to dink and dunk and beat you, and it's going to come down to number nine, and, and the, the wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs are going to have to do it, and... And like you say, I'm just confident that Daryl Bevel can, it's going to come down to, he needs a few defensive stops and yeah, he needs to keep the pedal to the metal sometimes and be smart, but also, you know, go out there. And if you're up 10, try to go up 17, you know, if you're up 17, try to push it to 24, you know, don't, uh, don't always just lean back and, and try to run the clock out. Cause we've seen how that's worked. Okay.
1: Um, your boy, TJ Hawkinson, uh, had had a good week last week against the Bears. Uh, do you see that, you know, happening again here against Green Bay? you think they'll be able to incorporate him more with um, him playing against the uh, Packers linebackers?
0: I think it's going to be like week four, week, week eight-ish when I'll really be able to tell you, you know, what his ceiling is going to be because I got no doubt still kind of in the overall player. I feel like he he runs good routes. He's he's big now. He's physical. He's he's got everything you look for in a really dynamic tight end, but it's all about how they use him, you know. They they drew up some great plays, and he runs he runs perfectly. Stafford can put the ball right on him. It's a it's beautiful to watch. But if you make him disappear for two quarters, or if he's killing the other team and you don't continue to milk him like they do, Kelsey Kittle, you know, I'm not saying he's in their realm, but I'm saying like when those guys are rolling, they just keep getting them the football. I'm talking like. 8, 10, 12 targets a game. It seems like Hawkinson gets, you know, a max of six targets a game and four of them he's usually productive and two will be either, you know, incomplete or just kind of a one of those clusters. But, I mean, if if they can't handle him, feature this guy. You know, you, you took him in the top ten for a reason, as we often say, and I know you don't like it, but everybody was loving it when he was just – I think it was three or four plays basically in a row where he just – you know, big crossing route, then little stick stick screen play they ran to him, and then the the post-up touchdown. I mean, it was just like, hey, they can't guard this guy. Keep going to him. And I feel like the Lions overly spread it out sometimes instead of playing the hot hand or featuring a guy. So, got to feature Hawkinson more, or he's just going to feel like a little bit of a waste. So, as good of as the games he had in week one, I look at those numbers, I say 56 and a touch. Like, you can get that from, you know, the top third tight ends in the game, we need like those 80 and a touch or, you know, 60 and two scores or hundred, you know, type of uh, numbers from this guy to really make him a dynamic force. And again, I, I told you, I'm not about the stats, but I want W's, but I just felt like last Sunday too, he was a real matchup nightmare and we only used them marginally. And I like to see that change.
1: Um, last question for you on this game um, before we go into our predictions. What is, in your opinion, the biggest weakness on the Packers' defense that uh, the Detroit offense will be able to exploit?
0: The biggest in- weakness for what? Sorry, I lost you there. The,
1: Packer, the Packers' defense that Detroit's offense will be able to exploit.
0: Oh. Um, gosh. I... I'm actually a fan that the, the, I hate to even say this, but that the Packers, I think it was like a three year span where they just drafted corner after corner after corner. You know what I mean? King and, um, the other names are escaping me. What Jackson, a couple of these guys, as well as safeties, they put some high resources in some safeties, but they haven't been the best cover team. And like you say, they've, they've also invested in some linebackers, which they've missed on. So, you know, I feel like the Lions are going to have to attack them not only over the middle of the football field, but if they can get up over the top, like that's where the Lions are the best when they can like run, you know, screen and then play action and throw a deep type of deal. So that's what I would focus on is like depending on where they're at with health and like I said, I don't didn't look fully ahead at, at if they're stocked all their shelves are stocked at corner safety and in the middle at linebacker, but I would try to not only spread them out, but also like, you know, keep running the football, but even against the Bears, I felt like, you know, we're running it well, but sometimes Stafford is that guy where he has to throw it to get in rhythm, like he did late in the second quarter, early third quarter, and if you get too run heavy, he kind of gets out of rhythm, or kind of gets a little sloppy, and so if he's cooking with gas early in the game, just keep rolling with that, because I think if Kenny's there and if all the other normal bodies are out there, that's still the strength of this team. As much as I love seeing the run game and want to see Swift use, it's like we can throw the football better than most on most Sundays. And like I said, I don't know that you're winning this game before we get to predictions without putting up 30 plus. So, you know, I would sling the football and, and try to make them defend that before I do much else.
1: Okay. Well, we got well, we got the analysis right here. So I guess the biggest thing is, uh, how do you see this game falling on Sunday?
0: Oh man, Griff do do you know what we what we slash I do on the show? Do you know what I do? Uh, drink the Kool Aid, man. Drink it in man (laughs) I don't only drink it in, I serve it up. So, you know, most people this isn't surprising. You know, lions have a terrible, heartbreaking loss. They fall on their on the sword, they they choke away an easy victory, a division win nonetheless. So of course everybody thinks that we're just gonna go in and get steamrolled by the Chicago or by the Green Bay Packers. Oh woe is me. Lion, they they're they're hurt, they're this, they're that. Like I told you in the beginning. I don't want to hear you come on here, people on the radio say, you know what would be the most Lions thing ever? For them to go in and beat the Green Bay Packers. Like, get out of here with that garbage. What would be the the best thing for the Lions would be to get up off their ass, bounce back, like I said, and, and realize that if you even get half your healthy bodies back that you missed before the game and middle of the game last week, there's no reason you can't go in there and take care of a smug, overconfident, ridiculously cocky piece of garbage like Aaron Rodgers in his house. So, you know what I'm predicting, Grifka, is that the Lions get real gritty and grimy. They get a little bit healthier than we see them right now. And like I said, we light up that scoreboard in an empty Lambeau field. Give me, give me 35 for the Detroit Lions, 35. 31 for the Green Bay Packers, 35, 31, 66 points going up on the board. And the Lions walking out of there with a victory and letting Cleet Blakeman just know how know how it tastes. I mean, uh, that would be music to my ears. I mean, if, if they do that, I might have to play, you know, a little bit of music once it happens. Because Grifka... I'm here to tell you, when we come on this show next week, the Lions are going to be one and one. And it's going to be a big win against the Green Bay Packers. So you'll be celebrating. So will I. It's going to be a good day for the Detroit Lions. How do you like that?
1: Wow. I mean, just, uh, I'm pretty impressed. I mean... As much as he talked about the injured list, I mean, that's going to have to be a lot to go up to Green Bay. And like you said, it's an empty stadium, which I think will definitely help. And it's early in the year, so it's not going to be, you know, really, really cold. So I know uh, Benny Blades often mentions that on your Believe in Lions podcast, how he had to go into Green Bay and playing in the cold. So uh, the Lions are getting lucky with that. So it's going to be a tough game. And. I don't know. I, I, I think they're going to come up a little short in this one. I'm going to take uh, Green Bay to win this one
0: 31-27. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Like I say, the uh, Lions need to bounce back. They need to get it together. We'll see if they can do it. Um, most people believe not. You included. I will drink that Kool-Aid. I will have a hot fresh piece of that Detroit Kool-Aid cornbread. Cornbread! 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 And we'll see what happens. So Grifka, do you have anything else? For the people?
1: Uh
0: nope. Everybody, thanks so much for hanging in there. We uh, we, we try to do a different show. Like, nobody, I know you guys don't want to come on here and hear us just go play-by-play play, uh, what exactly happened. You can hear that on any other show. We've tried to load you up with sound bites. Griff could talked a little bit more straight football, and I gave you my my take. Hopefully, we made you laugh a little bit. And like I say, hit that subscribe button. Share this with a friend. You can find me on Twitter, at Derek Ogree, D-E-R-E-K. O-K-R-I-E. You can find Grifka, and you could tell him how much you just love his analysis. You can find him at GrifkaDKC. He may not get back to you. He often doesn't uh, doesn't tweet back, but he is out there, and he is uh, just a tremendous part of the show. And I'm glad we got Punchy in the face take your candy. I'm glad we got some It's Not That Great. I'm glad we got to play the bells. We often do. So, everybody, take it in. It's week two. It's a 16-week season. Last time I checked, we played one football game. Let's go to Green Bay, get a dub ski, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. We'll catch you next year, next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bags, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.